Derek? Derek, Derek, Derek. What? 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 How are How you? was Memorial Day? I had a good Memorial Day. Yeah? Spent it on the beach for a few hours. Rode my longboard. Yeah? Where'd you ride it? To Publix again? No, not to Publix this time. Uh, just down First Avenue. Mm-hmm. Or First Street. Mm-hmm. I think it's First Street. What'd you do on the beach? I played uh, volleyball. Played some spike ball. Entered a volleyball tournament for next Saturday, just trying to get, you know, ready, get prepped for that. What's your specialty on at beach volleyball? It's real Top Gun vibes there, by the way. Well, I'd say it's tough for, I've got the glasses, Top Gun, we're talking, we're looking stylish the out one, there. The wraparounds that yeah. you had last time? Oh, yeah. Got those ready. Wouldn't it be aviators? Well, aviators would be Top Gun, but I'm talking about a cool sense of coolness. My issue with volleyball, <laughs> big guys don't move around in the sand very well. Right. So I'm going to get kind of tired quickly you catching a lot of air i can get air i think it's yeah air. you get up near the net or you kind of a back and and and, and pound it kind no, of guy. I, I get up get up near the net i'm not a very good setter so that means i'm gonna have to be doing the spiking so good te- good teammate good great teammate great teammate not a great player so how was your memorial day it was good i didn't play any beach volleyball i pretty much just took naps that's what i was kind of asking about yours i <laughs> didn't have a lot going on <laughs> but uh no everything was good i, I mean I'm excited. I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about this in brand news, but I'm gonna take vacation next week, so yeah. I'm most excited about that. Cool. Well, we'll maybe hit brand news. maybe, we'll, yeah. maybe we hit brand news and, and see what that's about. Hold on. Let me make sure I've got all my buttons pressed right. Okay, I think I do. Let's do this. The news you didn't know you needed from the people you didn't know were giving it. It's brand news with D White and Company. Higher Ed goes big picture. DTC Fit Club heats up, and DW Co heads out for vacation. Higher Ed goes big picture. Colleges and universities are taking a look at their admissions marketing strategies with the big picture in mind after a difficult 2020 season that saw enrollment numbers decline almost across the board. The big question, who is our audience? Yeah, Derek, uh, we know a little bit about that, that who is our audience question. I think one of the questions I'm kind of thinking about is how do you get those students that took a gap year in between high school and, you know, pandemic's mm-hmm. going on. I'm not going to go to school right now. I'll go next year. How do you get those kids to go back in? That's they're already in the workforce. Yep. They're, they're already, you know, they're probably, I want to say lazy, but they're probably like, that's hey, a lot of work to go back to It's hard school. to make that move. Yeah. It's just you're in a period of like, I'm already moving forward with life. How do I go take a step backward is maybe how they feel inside their head. Well, hopefully you, you targeted them and segmented them before, <laughs> so you have them. Uh, if you don't, I, I think that it's going to come down to identifying. Here, here's what really matters. You have to own your backyard before you own the rest of the, the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand what programs do we need here? What programs are people or what work are people moving into, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in doing that and making sure that you can kind of match your position to where they are and communicate that, yeah. you're able to bring those people back because likely they probably still have the dream they had. Most people didn't just luck into their dream job, right? right? No, definitely They not. still want to go back to school. They still want to do those things. So I, I think you've got to be able to segment them. And I think you need to be able to talk to them um, kind of specifically about where they're at not just as a person, but also from a, what we can do for you, a value perspective. Definitely. 
DTC Fit Club heats up. The DTC Fit Club went for its second run Tuesday, May 22nd, and the soaring Duval temperatures have the participants looking for new ways to stay fit and beat the summer heat. Yeah, hot. We didn't put a lot of effort into the last DTC Fit Club. No. We were tired. It, it was hot outside. We were very unmotivated to go join. We were kind of, you know, hoping we were getting a text message of, hey, guys, I'm not going to make it. And Dude, we I was trying split. to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were going to split. But, yeah, I think what we're thinking about right now is how do we, <laughs> how do we continue to, you know, stay and <sighs> keep our friends included and keep our group together in the yeah. downtown council through this idea of Fit Club that we've got. While also, uh, you know, trying to beat the heat. We need either a later time or air conditioning. That, that's what I'm saying. Because I can't do that again. I can't, I can't run. It's beautiful, right? You're running right along the St. John's River. People are out there. You know what is actually kind of cool? There's that little, like, workout area. That like right next oh, to oh yeah maybe we should like go maybe, there because it's shaded it's underneath the Acosta Bridge yep. I, I believe yeah and they've got the things there I would say only is like you know sharing equipment with all the people that we'll are run in them there out. <laughs> yeah this group's too big we're gonna have to leave <laughs> yeah. somewhere Seems pretty else pretty easy to me yeah yeah I don't know I think there's some options to maybe explore okay. there but we're gonna need to figure it out and yeah, I think we need to talk about it and finally DW Co heads out for vacation after a busy spring of high red branding projects. It's time for a little time off in the Gulf for Darren. And you know what that means? Tune into Shelly's show and Daytime Derek all week at dwhiteandco.com slash radio. Got a news tip for DW Co? Email Derek at dwhiteandco with your topic, link, and description. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take a little time off, dude. Giving Derek the sticks for DW Co radio, it sounds like. Yeah, I take it, is it? I can do anything on there that I want. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm going to be listening while I'm while down there, there in, in the St. Pete area. I'm going to be listening along. So give me some beach tunes, Ooh, man. Yeah, because you're thinking you, you're probably going to try and get a tan, right? Can't you tell? Don't I look like a tan guy? You look like you need a tan, dude. You know, uh, I ain't fixing this at this point. <laughs> I'm just I now I just Google. This is what I do. I'll go Google Winona Ryder. Yeah. And I just see what clothes she wears to pull <laughs> off super pale, and then I just try to wear that stuff. Because I, I wanted to be tan, but I'm like, nah, I'm just going to get skin cancer at best. <laughs> you know? So no, to answer your question, I'd be the same crummy Floridian I've been the whole time. <laughs> you know? Well, I hope that you enjoy your vacation. Yeah. And uh, you get to relax, get to take a... Yeah, I think I'm excited for you to take, uh, give your eyes a break from the computer screen for a week. You've been talking about screens lately. I have, yeah. yeah. Just always on my mind. It's just a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, the thing that blows my mind is when I take a break from the big screen to look at my little screen. Mm. That's so dumb. Why am I doing that? <laughs> I don't know either. Anyways, we've got a great show for you this week. Um, we're going to do our first DW Co. interview, DW Conversation, you might say, uh, with Tony Allegretti. Long history. He's uh, at the Cultural Council. Uh, been involved with the Riverside Arts Market, Burrito Gallery, and he's going to give us some thoughts on uh, the the Jacksonville brand that we're still trying to kind of figure out while we're here and uh, talk a little on-brand, off-brand about downtown after that. I'm excited to talk to Tony. Uh, he sends out great tweets. Yeah. He's a fun guy to follow on Twitter. It's uh, what, The Urban Core. The Urban Core. At The Urban Core on both Instagram and Twitter. So. Uh, you can check him out there, but yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. I want to ask him about the uh, soccer team Everton. He's always uh, cheering for them, and they have this song, Spirit of the Blues. Have you heard that? Mm -hmm. Come on, come on, oh, get yeah. down to Goodson Park. 
and I need to talk to him about it because it's it's kind of an earworm for me. So. Nice. <laughs> cool. Here's a marketing tip from D. White & Company. Find more marketing tips at dwhiteandco.com. Why are uh, so many brand plans, higher ed brand plans, just totally born to lose? Oh my gosh, so many brands uh, at universities are so insular, right? They're, uh, they sit in the marketing office, maybe the executive level, and no one else knows about them. Um, look, this is something that we have to take seriously. No matter how much strategy and research you do, which by the way, I wanna say strategy and research are essential, and I talk about them all the time, but that's just the beginning. You have to be able to package that stuff in a way that's compelling to people. And beyond that, you have to get people to buy in. You're in the transformation business. You have to be out there learning from your prospective students, from their parents, from your faculty, from your staff. You have to be able to help them deliver a brand promise that's true. So that's what we're talking about. I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Let's start the conversation because we've got to make higher ed branding better. We have to do more to position this to help people because they're making decisions about universities and they need a clear path to it. And delivering on a brand promise is the first step. All right, more to come from T. White and Company. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. That's this week's marketing tip from D. White and Company. Find more marketing tips at dwhiteandco.com. You can email D. White and Company at Darren at D-A-R-R-E-N at dwhiteandco.com. Well, you know, I'm so excited uh, that we get the chance to interview you and talk to you because as I mentioned before, I think you're one of a, a group of people that were doing really ex or have done really exciting things here in uh, Jacksonville that probably had a lot to do with uh, myself, my wife, even moving here in the first place. And so I'm really interested about um, kind of your, your long winding road, so to speak, you know, what got you here. And I think what I'm most interested in is what sort of sparked this in you to, um, to some of the interests that you've had, uh, uh, some of the work that you've done here in the city, some of the relationships you've built, um, you know, they're not stuff you do just to, to build a resume, right? They're, they're, it's kind of shows a bigger a bigger idea. So I'm, I'm just curious if you could kind of take us through your journey a little. Yeah. Thanks um, yeah. for asking. I don't know if it's any sort of one uh, direction or, um, or, or sort of theme. I've just, I've really been super blessed to work with and meet the best thing about Jacksonville will always be meeting new people. And so you see somebody that like, um, it's like just cottoning to your show, you know, I really, <laughs> um, it, it, it's really interesting and it's a good perspective and one that I'm not getting, uh, from other, you know, sources or whatever, sure. but, um, but, but meeting new people and, um, and executing ideas entrepreneurially, I think the city is absolutely amazing. I, the things, the little successes and, um, I think they're little, uh, but I have like a lot of them spread over a lot of years. Anyway, yeah, sure. um, at, at Theater Jacks, uh, I pitched a project to Downtown Vision, which was early days for Downtown Vision. And the first project we did is we put um, artwork, local artwork in the windows of abandoned buildings, which we had a mm -hmm. million of them. And so we would install artwork. Sometimes it would be the building would be gross, but many times um, it would be like just a perfect setup. We could light them up. It looked good. And so that um, sort of segued into uh, 
what about a, an art walk? I went to Seattle, has an art walk downtown. My sister was living there and just sort of brought back a um, kind of a white paper and pitched it to downtown vision to do art walk. I think the first, um, the first one that we ever had was like eight venues. It was really cool. Now, I mean, it's literally like 80 now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, did that for a couple of years. I, um, I started the, uh, uh, arts market under the bridge. I was the first uh, founding manager of that Wayne Wood and his crew started yeah. that. But, um, but that was a, that was a cool experience. Again, you know, it's a job, but I'm getting to meet 6,000 yeah. entrepreneurs here in Jacksonville, making something unique to Jacksonville. Like that's a job. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, when we were talking earlier, I was, I, was, I, I didn't have the history connection like Derek did. And, and so I was interested to find out that you have such a deep connection with history, because what it seems to me is oftentimes the people that really seem to understand this region or um, kind of are able to get their hooks into something a little deeper here, they um, have an understanding of that history. Because it's very different, I think, in a lot of ways in a lot of other uh, communities, because it, not only is it older, but there's a lot of overlapping histories. You know, there's a lot of overlapping histories in neighborhoods uh, between um, our, our different um, communities. And so, um, so I'm kind of curious, um, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, um, I think you're absolutely right. I, the, the thing about um, Jacksonville history. I, you know, growing up in Pensacola and coming yeah. uh, to Jacks in my twenties, I, you know, I really have studied Jacksonville history much more than, you know, I, I when people ask me where I'm from, I say Jacksonville's home. So yeah. um, had a long time. I'm old. So I've had a long time uh, to get to know it better. And, you know, working downtown and my, you know, I've, I've lived in mostly in the inner uh, urban core um, I, I don't now, which it can be the surprise ending, but, um, <laughs> the but, twist. <laughs> yeah, the twist at the end, you have to stay tuned, but, um, the, um, Springfield downtown, these are the most diverse, uh, friendliest neighborhoods. Um, they got the most culture, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, it's sort of the best place to go. You don't go to, trip advisor without seeing 20 things to do in the urban core downtown. And that's, that's, um, that's great. And that's, uh, part of the charm, I think of, um, learning, um, these, these great buildings. We still have a lot of them. The, the great stories. Um, my favorite guy of all time is James Weldon Johnson. You'll uh, think that's, um, pretty well known, but this guy, was amazing. He was in any given field in which he had like 10. I mean, he was a diplomat, a poet, or, you know, a, a Broadway star, all these uh, amazing things. In any single thing, he would have been the most famous Jacksonville person, but he did all 10 and he did them like at the top and literally um, was uh, sent by um, Teddy Roosevelt to Nicaragua because Teddy Roosevelt knew that he, um, he was a Republican and that he, um, uh, he would um, defend our interests in Nicaragua and he knew how to speak Spanish. Like he, it's just like this most amazing guy. One time they asked him and like, we can, I could literally do James Wellman's stories for hours. So I won't, but, <laughs> but, but um, one time they asked him of all these things, he was the first black lawyer. He, he started the, the way that he started 
uh, high schools for African-Americans in Florida is he had an eighth grade class when he was principal. And, but it was illegal to go to ninth grade if you're black. And he would be like, yeah, y'all come back next year. We're going to do a ninth grade. And they surreptitiously had a ninth grade and then a 10th. And then it, like for So it took a couple of years before Tallahassee found out. And Tallahassee is like, hey, uh, do you remember the thing about no um, black high school? And he went with a list of what all these students were doing. And they were in the army and they, they owned businesses and they were lawyers. And so he, and he went through and um, the uh, first black high school uh, Stanton was basically born out of that. So anyway, that's my dude. Um, yeah. learning, learning about this guy. They asked him one time, what was the biggest thing you've ever done? What's the most important thing you've ever done? And he said, I haven't done it yet. And it was just like, wow. I've heard that. And I'm like, man, this dude, and he had already done it. I guarantee yeah, it. Yeah. You know, for anybody else, it would have been like, you know, a dump. It seems to me, um, you know, I saw this video on um, that uh, Florida State College put out. That was a history of Jacksonville that was done in the 80s. Um, and uh, uh, Bob Broward's in it and some other folks. And they talk about... Um, they talk about the the transition uh, was really interesting in Jacksonville from from Reconstruction, which was a very um, uh, uh, black empowering era, into Jim Crow. And it's what I thought was really interesting is people like like James Weldon Johnson, A. Philip Randolph. I mean, the the things that they learned, heard, saw, compared notes wherever those that might have been the case, really would become the the formative ideas. I mean, and, and just even organizing ideas and, and thinking ideas that would power a lot of civil rights discussion for the next 75 to 100 years after them. 100%. Well, and he, um, he was, uh, I think, with the NAACP, did organize the, the silent march. Um, yeah. And yeah. So that was a, a major, you know, sort of organizing um, through nonviolent, you know, means, which is how we get every... Um, every uh every bit closer to a more perfect union is by having um these nonviolent um discussions about who we are yeah well in the in the spirit of nonviolent discussions you know we're i sense we're at a real we're at a real turning point here in the city there's a lot of big conversations that are going on a lot of conversations going on about um downtown and i think the question that i would have for you maybe maybe to kind of leave us is um with your experience, um, what what can we do now to connect what's happening in downtown? You know, we just saw like, you know, some of the different uh, renamings. What can we do to better connect um, where we're going with the story of where we've been and, and, and to bring that into our brand? What advice do you have for, for and especially for those of us who are a little newer on the journey um, and learning? Yeah. So um, when I was at the Cultural Council, we had we grant funded to 26 different organizations around town. There's probably 100 total arts organizations, Um, certainly all of those 26. But each of those arts organizations does have some sort of lens on where we've been, um, what we're going through. I mean, I think there's um, we're in sort of unprecedented territory. I work in the 1920s. Uh, building that would it's, it's like I tell uh, the kids it's like this is this building's second pandemic you yeah. know I mean yeah. we're, we're you know but we're also in a hundred year event and so um, it's interesting and and I think 
there's real chance now because I think there's a little bit of a runway before everybody goes back to completely normal mm -hmm. um, that there's, and I know you did it with this uh, product that you've got, um, and, but other people have picked up these things that they're working on or whatever interest. If you're interested in Jacksonville history or making change or both, hopefully, you know, yeah. um, all those orgs are doing something like almost every org in Jacksonville is has some lens on um, what we are, what we were, especially the arts orgs, but you can also find the, um, the, uh, the high schools, um, the uh, organizations like um, uh, groundworks that's doing the Emerald trail. Yeah. You know, I haven't, you know, I mean, you can't, you know, listen to NPR without some new breakthrough for the Emerald trail and yeah. it sounds like it's hyper-funded. If that kind of um, Jacksonville arts and culture does so much for nothing, that yeah. um, that something that has that much um, juice can become a complete game changer for communities. And the communities that it hugs, the Emerald Necklace hugs, uh, needs that stuff happening, needs good vibes, and needs people from all over the city to own it and to be a part of it. And so I just feel like that's a, a huge opportunity. So, um, you know, reach out to me if you ever have a question about anything like kind of specific, cause I'm old and I do know a lot. I got a <laughs> thick Rolodex on, on, on ways, <laughs> on ways to get involved. But, um, I think that's a, uh, that's a blessing to, to live in a city that you can, cause you can make stuff happen pretty quick around here. Tony, thanks so much for the interview. Um, we've really enjoyed talking to you, yeah. and uh, this, is, this has been great. Here's a moment from this week's interview with Antonio Allegretti. So he's Antonio if you're meeting him for the first time, and Tony on second reference. But the one thing that I know for sure is that he's a major Everton fan. So... I think we got to start this. I told you the first question I was going to ask you was about the spirit of the blues and uh, getting down to Goodson Park. Uh, I've become obsessed with this song just from you posting it on your Twitter feed, but I have no context for what's going on here with you and Everton and spirit okay. of the blues. <laughs> cool. Um, well, this is this short show is too short to um, <laughs> do the whole history, but spirit of the blues is an amazing uh single that came out in the I think it was the late 70s but it might be it might have been 1980 but um during a, a better era of um Everton the Toffees the um blues that play in Goodison Park in Liverpool and so they would make these fan jams um and play them on the radio and get all the kids to call in and request it and then they you know they tape it on their cassette and all that and so it came from that uh sort of um era and good feeling um and everton is just a very close-knit uh community they call it the people's club in liverpool and they um uh, they really love that sort of um upbeat thing well they were also at the top of the table when the, the song came back and they started playing it on the radio. It became like the UK's number one hit. It literally was the biggest song in the country at the beginning of this Premier League season, which Everton went on uh, to a mediocre mid table where we always, where we always kind of end up. But the, but the song is a banger and um, we'll all, anytime we do anything good, you'll see it uh, retweeted 
and so forth. But it's a it's a it's an excellent jam. <laughs> you can watch the full interview with Antonio Allegretti on our YouTube channel or on dwhiteandco.com. Derek, in on-brand, off-brand this week, I've got one for you. You've been following all of this Downtown Investment Authority uh, rebranding options? A little bit. I know we had a brief conversation on it, um, but what, uh, what's this on-brand, off-brand you speak of? Yeah, okay. So I'm just read this from the Jackson. That's uh, uh, at jacksonmag.com. Da- uh, Jacksonville's Downtown Investment Authority has released a survey of uh, proposed rebranding of downtown neighborhoods. With logos, color palettes, and in two cases, new names. If social media response is any indication, hasn't been especially well received. Actually, they did, uh, the Jackson ran a Twitter poll on this. 98, 96, last time I saw it, percent of people against this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Extremely unpopular. But, Boy. but for those of you who are, uh, are kind of hearing about this or not in Jacksonville, what they're doing is they're looking at a couple of historic neighborhoods like the, uh, on the North Bank. Uh, the Brooklyn neighborhood, La Villa, which is where the Ritz is, where Ray Charles played, and 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 uh, great history there. Um, and um, basically, they've given them the Pied Piper treatment. You know, it's like a sans serif font mm. <laughs> on a on a blank background. And in the case of the North Bank, they've renamed it NoCo, like Northcore, uh, uh, which is sort of a new idea, but they're kind of going off the like Soho, yeah. SoCo, Coco. You get the idea, yeah. right? Um, and so, Derek, I feel like as uh, branding experts, we kind of have to take this one on, don't you think? Maybe a little. Yeah, there's several elements there to, to, to discuss. I don't think that I'm uh, speaking out of turn when I say that I'm guessing we both feel this is a bit off-brand based on our last three-plus years of work here, correct? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's a little off-brand from my perspective. Well, so you want, you want to break it down a little? Yeah. Uh, what are some things that are jumping out to you as, um, you know, as a, as a younger, as a younger viewer, as Derek, you don't have to speak for the whole generation, just speak for yourself. Well, here, here's what I think maybe some part of it is, is that these, uh, abbreviated neighborhood things, I think they're trying to speak to a younger audience to fill those with a social environment and things like that. But I don't think that actually works for the younger audience. Why, I, why do you say that? Uh, well, I, I just thought young people love Sancerra fonts. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, man, not. give me a blank background, <laughs> solid color Sancerra font. I'm good to go. I can, I can drink an overpriced uh, beer there. No? No. A hard seltzer. Yeah, hard seltzer is probably, probably correct. But no, I, I think that's part of it. And two, I just, I think these places there, you know, North Bank, South Bank, La Villa, they're, that's how people refer to them now. Like, why are, why, why change that now? I mean, I, I understand maybe kind of making it a little trendy, a little poppy. You can use it on Instagram as sure. a hashtag. That's probably what they were going for. But, you know, I, people are already using them as the names that they already are. Uh, you know, I think it'd take a really long time to build a consistency to have this actual abbreviation acronym for, you know, this neighborhood. It'd be a huge investment of time and money to retrain people right. on new names because you think they're cooler and of the moment rather than just investing that time into bringing out and teasing out the value already in the names that are there is, yeah. is what I hear you kind yeah, of saying. definitely. I was trying to remember South Park uh, did a send-up of 
these names called, <laughs> and they called the neighborhood Sodo Sopa. <laughs> I think I've seen that episode. And, you know, I, I think that kind of gets to it. Uh, they brought in an outside consulting firm. They kicked out a survey. And the reality about names like these are not that these are the names and ideas that will help bring uh, vibrancy to your downtown. These are ideas that consistently sell to uh, clients that are looking for that kind of work. Mm -hmm. That's why you have a NoCo and a SoCo and a Sodo So Spa and all that sort yeah. of stuff everywhere is because that's how the consultants make their money. Right, <laughs> yeah. But you and I have done this. I, I think about um, situations where we've talked with schools that had multiple different locations and different views. And, and what we did is through numerous interviews, and I mean hundreds of interviews, um, we got an understanding of what made these places important, and we built the uh, the message around that. So you take La Villa, which was, um, you know, uh, rivaled uh, Black Harlem in its mm -hmm. time, and many of those people actually uh, relocated to that area. Um, I think it's important that that is very clear. Yeah. But you have to that's you have to be in favor of that. Well, too. And, and, I think, and maybe some of the people that voted on it were not even aware of that, but. Uh, you know, I think they said in, in the the brief about uh, La Villa as this rebranding since they didn't mention African Americans in, in forty thousand words of right uh, uh, of strategic brief or whatever it said. Right. So they had these sort of vision statements, but, yeah, right? right? And the vision statements are basically sound like um, happy talk from a Nordstrom, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they don't they don't connect with people uh, because they have no. You're in a city that. You know, this city is, uh, what, about to be 200 years old. So you have massive stories. You know, this isn't, I mean, no offense to Omaha, Nebraska, great place, love those folks out there, but you have a much deeper and richer history here that yeah. has to be um, contended with mm -hmm. when you do this work. And if you're not including those people, they're going to feel, um, they're not just going to feel left out. They're going to feel like they're being edited out. Yep. And you have to make sure that that's, uh, uh, that's not what's happening. I think it's such a, their history is so cool too, just because of the uh, environment that they created with uh, kind of a music town and some of the, uh, the, the, the style of instruments and the, just the sound of downtown. I think yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking about is they created such kind of that renaissance -y feel to it. And, and it does, it feels a little edited out, like you said, but that is, I know maybe it's just personal opinion, but that's like kind of the cool part. That's of, what you want to hear. That's what right? I want to be a part that's of. What that's you what I want to hear downtown and stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of just the way that it looks, the way that it sounded. It seemed just lame, not really, right. not, not a lot of thought put into it. And yeah, we just didn't include the altogetherness that they're trying to <laughs> lift every voice. They're not including that. You <laughs> yeah, know? that's a great point. You know, I think Jacksonville's always trying to be a normal city. And uh, I'm not sure that's the route that's going to work for us, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, I was reading this book over the weekend by a writer named Michael Ray Fitzgerald, and the book was called Jacksonville and the Roots of Southern Rock. And one of the things he talks about is all of the activity in downtown during that time, including the comic book club, mm -hmm. which is where a lot of these bands played. Obviously, we know about the Ritz. Uh, uh, Hoyt Axton and his mother lived here in Murray Hill. They wrote, she wrote the song Heartbreak Hotel for Elvis. You know, you could really, and, and plus a big radio station, WAPE, that covered most of the Southeast. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, those are strong histories, but you have to be willing to tell those and explore those, and you have to understand the importance and value of them as well. And so all of that goes back to 
knowing your audience, knowing the people that are going to interact and be on the ground, and actually um, not being so superficial about it, yeah. right? Let's go a little bit deeper from time to time. Is there anything from this, uh, like the next steps that they should take to move forward? Is there a different concept that you would like sure. to see sure. um, that you've got thoughts on? Well, I think um, I think the wise thing here is that they're getting a lot of good feedback and data. And, yeah, and that's, that's, that's really true. We've run through some of it here. I think as far as the concepts of these neighborhoods, I think the trick to them is that they don't necessarily need to be reconcepted. I think you need to back off there and spend time um, understanding the concept that exists on the ground and articulating that. So how do you articulate that history of La Villa through... Uh, the colors you choose, the photography you choose, the messaging that you choose, and how you talk about history. You know, many years ago, I was in Fort Worth, and they had this, these great posters downtown, and they were quotes out of letters from people who moved to Fort Worth in the early years. Hmm. So there was one quote I remember. It's a picture of this guy. He said, I have decided to cast my lot here and grow with the city. And then they had a little thing about how he did exactly that. And you're like, wow, like I can be a part of this, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that you have to be able to bring those pieces in, um, not just in the messaging, but all the way through. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, no, uh, I would say too, and just some of the, like I said back earlier with some of the names, if they did want to brand and stuff, kind of take the names that we've already got, North right. Bank, South Bank, and just make those a little bit more uh, spectacular and just maybe market those a little bit more. Show the value. Prove yeah, them. Right. Prove them. Yeah, and I, but I do, I think photography makes a really cool point. Honestly, like I think something cool that, you know, we always use such like stock photography for other cities and stuff like that. What if we started using some of the actual faces of Jacksonville and some of the actual, like you said, some of the right. quotes, actual quotes of people, something like that. I don't know. That's just a thought. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a lot of opportunities with what we have to work with here in the city. You know, you imagine cities like Charleston and Savannah or even cities like Austin. You know, I'm a big fan of Austin, had a lot of fun going down there. But, you know, the reality is Austin has a sliver of the music history that Jacksonville has. Mm -hmm. I know that that's uh, people right. get really upset about oh, the live music capital of the world. I'm like, yeah, yeah but it goes back a long time here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, we talk about music history, we talk about cultural history, all those pieces, you know. I, I think that you have to, you have, I go back to articulating it. You have to show what makes that important and what makes that unique. The, the goal here is not to be soda sopa, right? <laughs> the goal is, to, as we often say, it's not to be the best Charlotte. It's not to be the best Atlanta. It's to be the best Jacksonville. And that's a very different city. Yeah. So, Derek on the way out the door, as always, unfettered Derek time. <laughs> What's that? You got an acronym D for this? DTF, one? Derek Talks Feedback. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts here for today, for the whole week, for the rest of the summer. Just a little simple keep cool. And that's in depth because, yeah, you should keep cool because it's hot outside, but also. You know, rock some cool attire this summer. Meet some cool friends. Keep cool. You know, a couple weeks ago, Shelly said, keep your chips chill. Ah, yeah. Thanks. You do need to keep your chips chill. I kind of, like I said, I kind of like hot chips for queso <laughs> and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, as far as the vibe goes, keep your chips chill. Keep cool. Just live it out. It's a lifestyle. You can always find us at dwhiteandco.com. Uh, obviously here on Facebook at, at uh, facebook.com and then you what you type in D White and Co and we're right there that's I mean, right come on yeah uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at real Darren White you can email me Darren at D White and Co 
And Derek, where can they reach you? You can email me at Derek at dwhiteandco.com and you can find me on Twitter at Derek underscore Reeves. Underscore. Not doing the uh, the three E Reeves on Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram at Derek Reeves. R-E-E-E-V-E-S. I had to add an extra E in there because, well, the actual Derek Reeves is already taken. (laughs) And uh, my, you know, self wasn't smart enough to, to lock down that name back in 2012 whenever I got an Instagram or whatever. Derek will be playing a re- uh, whatever. Uh, we'll be playing a rebroadcast uh, next week. I'll be out on vacation and Enjoy. then we'll be back the week after that. Where Thanks. are you headed again? Can you remind me? Going down to Indian Shores. Mm. Shores Beach. Uh, just outside of Largo, St. Petersburg. Area. Cool. It's going to be, be kind of tropical. It's going to be relaxing. Golfing it up. Are you going to come back with a tan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Well, ha- have fun and enjoy and relax. Take your mind off work for a little bit. And Try can- my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We'll see you all next time.